Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NFL. The play fake. Russ is going to lay it up over the top to David Moore, who makes the catch. It is in. Touchdown, Seahawks. The handoff inside to Carson. He finds a hole across the 10, down to the 5. He's driving. He's driving. He's in. Touchdown, Seahawks. Here comes the rush. Wentz stops, throws to the end zone. It's intercepted. And taking a knee in the end zone is Diggs. No Eagle receiver was anywhere, anywhere nearby. Quandre Diggs intercepts it in the end zone, flaps his wings like an eagle. Seattle Seahawks taking control early of that Monday night football game with the Eagles. They win 23-17. DK Metcalf put on a show. He made some big plays, big catches. PK, I found that largely to be a snoozer. The Seahawks, it was like like strategic. Once they got that second touchdown, they're like, let's just run the clock and get out of here because this Eagles offense is really struggling. Oh, I agree, man. That's why Zaire Williams took center stage for me. Russell Wilson, 230 yards passing, 177 of them to DK Metcalf. I guess you can't say it's a one-man show. It's a passing game. It's a two-man show. You don't even know who Zaire Williams is. I don't man. know where you're going with that. I looked at <laughs> I looked at Yak and Yak rolled his eyes, and I thought that's all the confirmation I needed to keep going. <laughs> Oh, he plays for the Stanford Cardinal and is expected to be a one-and-done basketball player, and he was a eight-star recruit and all that stuff, and he's looking to be a, a lottery pick. Ravens and Steelers were supposed to play tonight, and it's been postponed till Wednesday. That would be, if it goes off on time, 1.40 Mountain Time. You ready for a little Wednesday afternoon football? Yeah, I kept saying Tuesday, remember? And they did me one better. They went Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) I had nothing going Wednesday at 1. Let's go. Wednesday at 1.40. I'm ready. Hope it plays, yeah. Yeah. I'll watch it, sure. It's, It's something different. It, it uh, led to some dominoes on the game on the weekend, the dominoes fall. So instead of going Wednesday, Sunday, they're going to let those teams play their games. Uh, they got them both moved to Monday, but then they moved one of them to they Tuesday. Moved one to Tuesday. So yeah. let's not memorize this and have a pop quiz we're on go, this yet. We're eventually going to have NFL all week long. Let's just that, that, that seems like how it's going to happen, yes. When I was a kid, at Christmas week, the Knicks, they had a matinee, and I was so excited, and I was going to get to go. And my friend who uh, had access to tickets, invited me, and it was like a 2 o'clock start, and I had uh, had like a 10, 11 o'clock uh, dentist appointment. I was so excited that at a dentist appointment, I threw up on the dental assistant who happened <laughs> to be my sister. That's how excited I was, man. Uh, I'm excited for this one, too. It's the middle of the day. Is the sister forgiving you for that, or does that still come up occasionally? Oh, no. See, I topped it when she told me not to take uh, her new car (laughs) when I was 16 to the river when they went to Vegas to go tubing, and I took it and totaled it. So, I mean, that that was the coup de grace, and I don't even know what that means. (laughs) Uh, Giants quarterback Daniel Jones, hamstring strain. He's going to miss some time as the Giants battle for the division title. 
Uh, New York and Washington are tied at four and seven, and the Eagles are a half game back, and the Cowboys are a full game back. And they they flashed the schedule up last night for the division, and it looks like they all ought to lose next week. They're they're, they're playing big dogs, and somebody's got the Packers, and somebody's got the Saints. It's like the Ravens are the easy matchup, so I assume the East will continue to struggle. They flashed the uh, schedule, you say? For next week. I don't know. I was watching Zaire Williams. Alabama and Stanford were on basketball. That's what I was watching. Houston Texans had wide receiver Will Fuller and uh, Bradley Roby both get suspended for six games. PEDs both apologized on social media, saying they had unknowingly ingested the banned substance. Five games this year, season opener next year. It's always unknowingly. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. I'm feeling fine, so you don't need to worry about me. Just to make it clear, uh, I'll be evaluated by the medical staff later in the week, and they'll make a determination as to when I come back. But I don't anticipate any problems in being able to coach the game this week. Who's the medical staff who have to evaluate Nick, and who's in charge there? I'm Nick Saban. I can fire you. LSU primetime, making up the game that was uh, postponed earlier this year. 6 o'clock on CBS for Alabama and LSU. And do they really need him? LSU's 3-4, and four, and Alabama's just been torching everybody, and they're favored by 28 and a half points. Don't forget that half point at 28. Well, if you go the old John Wooden theory, my job is during practice. Your job is during the game. Yep. Uh, we talked about this at the end of the show yesterday. The news was breaking, but Michael Penix Jr. has torn his ACL. He's Indiana's uh, starting quarterback. He's done for the year. The backup is the former Ute quarterback, Jack Tuttle. The Hoosiers are 5-1. and one. They have the loss to Ohio State, but if Ohio State misses another game, they might not have enough games to be eligible for the Big Ten title game, unless they change the rule. So there's something at stake here in these last couple games, and Tuttle's going to start against Wisconsin who's ranked 16th but 2-1 and because they haven't been able to play a bunch of games. So, BYU fans, I would think, would be rooting against him because they need Indiana to lose so they can pass Indiana. And uh, Ute fans, if you're a Ute fan, PK, do you root against him because you're mad he left, or do you root for him because then if he plays well, you realize, okay, that's why we passed on Zach Wilson. But if he plays poorly, you're like, man, we really blew it. We didn't go out and offer Zach Wilson. And psych yourself out. Yeah, you, you lost me there, man. Yeah, that was too, If you're going to give me an either-or, it can't be more than like two or three Three words. options, right? You well, had it, it yesterday at the end of the show, though. Yeah, but at very uh, succinctly, you went on and on, and you lost me. It's oh, got to be very quick. You can't be lost. It was your point. On your point, I was. I don't know if your <laughs> point was my point. On my point, I wasn't. But your point, you just you were too wordy. It's got to be. you got to get in and get out. It's like a knock-knock joke. If you tell me a joke and it has more than 25 words... I've checked out. I expect the Cougars to be ranked 13th tonight. You got any expectations? The poll's <laughs> coming out at 5 o'clock. No. Not, I'm just, I, this doesn't matter, man. If you're, if, you're, if you're concerned about a New Year's Six Bowl, the only thing that matters is the final one. And how many they got? Two or three to go? Uh, I would assume they have three to go, right? Because there's three weekends of games left. So, yeah, this there's is you, three. Th- this is you all the way. You there's obsess over this stuff. Three right? to go after this one. I just glance over it. 
DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. I think one of the benefits that we have is that those guys went through it and the large majority of our team is back who went through that experience. And then obviously Derek went through the bubble and his own experience with us prior. With that, we're going to all have to be very nimble. First of all, keeping guys safe and healthy. We'll get an idea of the schedule, how travel is, how the pandemic affects us. So being connected, the familiarity with each other uh, from our health performance group, our coaches, our players, I think it'll allow us to just adjust. I mean, no one's ever in the NBA other than a, a three-month bubble has ever gone through what, what we're about to go through. So I feel good that we have a connected group and we'll manage all those things as they come up. Inevitably, it's going to come up in the middle of a pandemic and our guys will be ready for it. That's Justin Zanuck right there on the Jazz preparing to navigate a unique season. I Quick start, PK, because there's familiarity. That's the theory. Oh, well, she's, yeah, it, you should always have a good start. If you, if you don't have familiarity, get familiar. These guys are being paid to win games. So, and the more you can eliminate any excuses as to what impediments you are to winning games, the better off you'll be. And if they want to say they've got familiarity and that's going to lead them to a good start, great. I'm all for it. Uh, and the teams who don't have that, get it anyway because records count. You're, this is how you're judged. This is pro sports. So I hope he's wrong, though, by saying we're in the middle of a pandemic because that means we still have the second half to go. And I realize he wasn't saying that with the idea of uh, being specific on a time frame, but just the idea of, oh, man, if this is just the middle, oh, no. (laughs) I I want it to be the end. We all do. We all do. Yeah. Celtics star guard Kemba Walker will be out until at least the first week of January. Stem cell injection in his left knee. That doesn't sound good. Yeah, it's always interesting about him. Would I call him a star? I'm not, I'm not willing to go there because he's had that label attached to him, but he's never come close to winning anything. You know, he won in college with UConn. Is he a star? That's... That's debatable, and I know that's not the point here, but he's always intrigued me about what, where does he fit in the hierarchy. He's obviously an NBA player, a good NBA player, but is he really a star? No. At times he's been, though. That's what I'm saying. But I guess, you know, if you just go at times, then by definition you're not because the stars do it all the time. That's why I would think of him as a really good player. Okay, yeah. I, mean, I, I think of him as a very good player, uh, but a star puts his team on his shoulders and, uh, and carries him. But he can for stretches. And he's a little guy, obviously. Are the Celtics, do the Celtics have so much talent? Here's the thing. If a team loses a star, their performance takes a significant hit. And while the Celtics may take a hit, I don't think they're going to take a significant one. they got too much other talent on that team. But if you're really a star and you go down, then your team really misses you. Hmm. They have too much other talent? Yeah, I don't know that I agree with that. You think they're going to struggle without him? You think they're going to be under 500 without him? 
I don't know that they have. Uh, well, I have to see who they play and how long he's out. And yeah, that's January first. Is like that could be four. Well, games. they're giving him yeah out until at <laughs> least right. So they are. De- there's definitely wiggle room as far as does he miss five games? Does he miss ten games? Does he miss fifteen? Right. I mean, if you if you room. miss six seven games, the team can be in a bad stretch and you could have nothing to do with it. And they could also go seven and zero, and you it could just be a circumstance I, I don't I don't know that the Celtics have too much talent without Walker that's that's the point I mean outside of uh, Tatum, Tatum. And Brown um, do they have too much talent uh, I, that, okay but if over. you're your team's third best player are you a star that goes to the point of he's a really good player you're the third best player on the team and you're well, and a pretty good team you know a team that can win a playoff series so a third best player is a pretty good player and I don't think of him right. as I don't think of him as a star. But I would argue that he could be higher. He could be better than Brown because I don't know that Brown has been any level of consistency either. Lakers guard Dennis Schroeder says he intends to be the defending champion starting point guard this season after LeBron led the league in assists last season, averaging 10.2 per game. So well, I, I want guys to think that they're going to play a lot and that they're really good and that they can help the team. But if you want to view this negatively, uh, this guy doesn't know his place. It's LeBron's team. This is going to lead to drama and trouble in Hollywood. I guess you can, you know, depending on what attitude you bring to this debate, you can take either position on this one pretty quickly. There's five positions that LeBron is the starter <laughs> on the floor whenever he wants to be. I've been saying this for years, as we've been having Chris Paul or whomever's the best point guard. You, you guys can take whoever you want. I'm taking LeBron. <laughs> and then I don't care that he doesn't. I'm not the pure point guard, so I can get stocked in over Magic. I never bought that. I want the best player, and Magic was the better player between the two. LeBron, you can take anybody you want at that position. I'm taking LeBron. So, uh, And then it's up to Coach James to decide who starts anyway. Uh, The Oklahoma City Thunder have reversed course, will not allow fans to attend their home games to begin the NBA season. I think we've already seen this in football. One week they don't let fans in, another game they do, another game they don't. It just kind of goes based on what local health officials are saying. So I would expect the same thing could happen here pretty easily, too. I know they've announced 1,500 and better some fans than no fans, but... If there's a huge outbreak and hospitals are full, I expect that then there'll be some games with no fans. So just one more thing to roll with. Follow the science, Dave. And I got a question for you on this, and it's a legitimate. I keep hearing these hospitals are full mm-hmm. so other people can't get in. Is that what we've heard? We have heard that. Why does the COVID thing always take precedence over something else then? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they decide who goes into hospitals and who doesn't. You know, if you're the person waiting to have cancer surgery and they tell you, well, not until the COVID people are out, uh, I would think that would be a significant amount of stress. <laughs> so well, why are they going in and not me? I've been I wondering that as I, I watch the nightly news and they say this night yeah, after night. Yeah, I don't know. And it's a sincere wonder. I don't know what the answer is. I mean, there's that whole triage thing that you get watching MASH back in the day. That's as close as I got to med school. You never were, watched you, MASH. I hated MASH. It was were, a horrible show. Didn't it, watch MASH it really, back in the day. It really wasn't. Um, it really was. But that's all I know. So I assume that on some level that's what they're going with. I don't I don't get it. I get it. Did you like the episode where Hawkeye made fun of what was that other guy? Frank. And he, and he had a bunch of smart aleck comments. Did you like that episode? That was a good one. Yeah. The best. All 200 Ten. of them. Yeah. Andrew Bogut announced his retirement 
from all forms of basketball. No more NBA, no more NBL in Australia, no more national team. He's shutting it down. He's 36. He played for a good long while. Yep. Uh, so in that regard, I don't think he lived up to being a number one pick, which you expect of number one picks, but he played a number of years in various leagues and there for well, at least one, if not two, Warrior teams. He gave them a good solid seven minutes every game. So there you go. And now he's done. Played in four Olympics. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. BYU and USC college hoops today, 1230 on ESPN2. They are playing in Connecticut. It's the Legends Classic. I have no idea what it is. To me, it's just a game, PK. The Legends Classic. The Mohegan Sun. Well, it was a tournament. I think that's a casino back there uh, yeah. in Connecticut. Uh, that was a tournament, but then it's been changed. It's not tournament style. It's The idea being that they, they get to play basketball. That, that's the most important thing. They get to play a game because some teams are not being able to or scrapping it and this and that or altering it. They get an opportunity to play. So I'm going to be watching, see how good they are. It's a little bit of a test. It's not the test by any stretch, but it's a game, and they get to play, and it's a local team. So I'll be sitting down at 1230 watching it. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. So the Pioneer League is going to continue on. Major League Baseball is reorganizing minor league baseball and affiliations and all that. So the Pioneer League will no longer be MLB-affiliated. It'll be an independent partner league. I assume that means something on the finances on the backside. Uh, MLB has pledged to provide initial funding for operating expenses and will install scouting technology at Pioneer League ballparks. The Raptors are staying in Ogden. The Owls are leaving Orem and going to Colorado. Install scouting technology, PK. Everybody gets permanent radar guns? Where are we going with this? I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't either. But I'm glad the Raptors are sticking around. I'm sure there's some people in Ogden who want to go hang out at the ballpark. Well, I'm glad you're glad. Yeah. What is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. That's the kind of thing that uh, Hawkeye would say to Frank right there. I'm glad that you're glad. It's nice to be nice to the nice. That was very mashish of you, PK. I wouldn't know because I had always changed channel. Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receivers, coming up at 7.30. The Utes are talking to the media today. We're going to hear from Andy Ludwig, Utah offensive coordinator, at about 8 o'clock. Kyle Whittingham, Utah head coach, slated to join the Zoom conversation about 8.30. And we'll have Andy Ludwig and Kyle Whittingham for you right here on The Zone. Dylan Colley coming up next. Stay with us. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. In the Zone Sports Network. Mm-hmm. 
Well, the well went dry and the cow did too Daddy didn't know what to do The banker came by the house one day Hot Takes and Toast is brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Get 0% financing for up to 72 months, plus a $2,500 purchase allowance on a new 2021 XT4, XT5, or XT6. Shop your way at Jerry Seiner Cadillac. I thought of one of our conversations from yesterday morning, PK. Somebody brought up uh, the Utes in a bowl game, and you're, you were immediately like, mm, what bowl games? I'm really not focused on that. The Holiday Bowl's gone away. The Red Box Bowl's gone away. The Pac-12 has bowls dropping left and right. The Sun Bowl went away yesterday, and the Las Vegas Bowl hanging by a thread. Have you ever been less interested in bowl games, which you were already only marginally interested in in the first place? No, when you put it like that, now um, let's just hope that it's a one-year thing and they'll get back to normal in the coming years. But no, I, I, I don't think so. And If you're playing three or four games, uh, I don't know that it's worth it. I don't know that it's worth having the kids stick around under the circumstances and depending on what the pandemic is like, is it worth having them risk the travel and, and getting out of the their own little bubble, so to speak, that they've created in their day-to-day world, which they're in now? Is that really something that's in the best interest of everyone? You know, I'm not sure the answer is yes to that. On the other hand, an opportunity to play another game is always a good thing. But I just don't know under these circumstances, do we want to extend these kids anymore? And, and, and you know, they're not probably not going to sit in their rooms uh, on their own, but at least that's not on your watch. It's not your responsibility. They're going to do what they do, and that's up to them. So under the circumstances, as you see these bowls drop, no. It's like, all right, you're just like checking off the list. All right? you, for whatever reason, you waited a week or two or three but you're going to get to the same conclusion that all these others have gotten to. Yeah, that seems where it's headed. I mean, the Las Vegas Bowl has been listed as a definite maybe for a long period of time now, which would be the easiest one for the youths to get to. But at 0-2, their focus is just win a game right now. Beat Oregon State. Yeah, and I think Vegas, you know, because they got the stadium and they really want to have it. They've waited. They've watched this thing being built right there on I-15. Everyone's excited about it, so they want to hold out. It's like my sister uh, gave us a trip to Hawaii last June, and we kept holding out, holding out, holding out, because <laughs> we really wanted to go. <laughs> and obviously we didn't go. <laughs> so I think it's kind of the same situation here. You're holding out, you're holding out, because you really want to have it happen. But in the end, you're probably not going to. Yep, that seems how, uh, how it's playing for all of these uh... – all these bowl games. So there'll be a couple for the Pac-12. I think the Alamo Bowl is still on. Um, obviously, they'll get one team into the Fiesta Bowl or whoever. So there'll be that. But there've been I, I, we're not quite to double figures yet on bowl games canceled, but we're headed there. Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receiver, is going to join us in a couple minutes. We'll be talking football with Andy Ludwig, Utah offensive coordinator, at 8 o'clock. How long is that conversation going to take to turn uh, – before it turns to turnovers. Is that going to be like the opening question out of the gate? It's a big deal because, as we know, Kyle just emphasizes it. It's such a, it's his biggest thing outside of the score. And so the offense has had that, and that's, you know, that, that's Kyle's nightmare because Kyle's philosophy uh, for offense for many of years, many years, has been don't put the defense in bad positions. Yeah. Uh, and – 
not all the turnovers have put the defense in bad positions, but they some of them if they don't put the paternal uh, don't put the offense defense in a bad position means you're squandering a chance to score because you're down in the red zone, yep. you're close enough and that that's that could be obviously just as devastating too. There's very little thing, very good any very little good you can say about a turnover as opposed to, you know, man, you could just say so much bad. Andy Ludwig coming up at 8 o'clock. Kyle Whittingham at 8.30 right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome in Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receiver. He joins us now. Dylan, good morning. Good morning. How are we doing? Good. So I am curious as you uh, watch college football on a, on a week uh, where BYU is off, as you look around the country, do you, see, uh, do you see teams and think that would be a good matchup for BYU? That would be a really competitive game, and I'd like to see how that plays out. You got any any teams you kind of put in the spotlight on as you watch other games? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously, I think first and foremost would have to be Cincinnati, right? I, they are probably um, in in terms of matchups. I think they just line up the best, uh, even outside the fact, right, that we're talking about. Uh, difference between a group of five and um, power five. Uh, I think that would be a phenomenal game. Um, Northwestern would have been a great game. <laughs> uh, would have been glad to take that. I think in terms of kind of like a stretch game, right, where we're kind of saying, mm, could they do it? Could they Could they not? Uh, as I look at the top ten, I think I think Texas A and M, I think Texas A and M would be a very 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 good test for for BYU. So what's interesting, this whole concept of trying to get this New Year's Six bowl bid has just taken center stage, and the way to do it is to beef up your schedule. Now you talk about A and M, and I agree with you; it would be a very good test from the player perspective. How much of the percentage or emphasis probably a better word would be on to get the test to prove to everybody once and for all we're a quality team so what i'm asking is is that good enough on its own merit to prove hey we're a really good team here i mean you you look at our schedule and we know what they've done and that utsa i think they're five and two so you know, you didn't cream them, but it turns out they're not a bad football team by themselves, too. So you got all these wins, so you've passed a number of tests, but it seems like there's clamoring for a bigger test as opposed to we want that test to get into this New Year's Day 6. You see what I'm saying? What's the mindset of the player? Does he want to prove we're a quality team, and if it leads to a New Year's Day 6, great, but that's not the be-all, end-all. It's about just proving we're a good team, or is the be-all, end-all getting the New Year's Six? Yeah, I think I think these guys have already proved to themselves, right, and one another. And obviously, the outside of the, you know, the few people that matter, um, I guess in the in the playoff committee, right. And I brought this up the other night um, in terms of right where they stood in the rankings. Uh, and how it felt a little bit like the BCS, right? Um, yeah. You know, they, they've proved to every single person in terms of, you know, you look at historically the greatest 
uh, influencers in college football, right? And you look at who's on these panels today in the media and things like that. You look at Matt Weiner. You look at Urban Meyer, right? Um, and when all of these people are saying, are you guys, uh, you know, what are you thinking, right? Like BYU is a much better team than this. And uh, I think as a player, when you hear that type of stuff, it just becomes – okay, like uh, we are legit. We've already proved to ourselves that we're legit. We've proved that, you know, the most notable and um, kind of accomplished names in college football that were legit. And I think this just comes down to more so, right, uh, kind of a BYU problem in terms of I think the committee is just shorting them because they're BYU. <laughs> and, you know, that's unfortunate and, but you can't control that as a player. So you just got to kind of keep going off of the wins and controlling what you can control. So how do you practice early in the week when you don't have a game, but you might have a game? I mean, it kind of feels like a bye week, but in a, a normal bye week, you know you're not going to play. And now yeah. you know you might, but you're not really prepping for a team because you don't know who you're prepping for if you are indeed going to play. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, I'd have no idea. And, uh, I think we've had a few of these conversations, right? In terms, how how would we deal with these types of things, and what would the mindset be? This would be extremely, extremely difficult to do. I, I don't think a lot of people understand um, truly how hard it would be to go to practice on Monday and Tuesday, and maybe not Monday because Monday you're going to go over what happened last Saturday, and you know if you don't have a game, then who knows what you're going to do, <laughs> right? Uh, the previous week. But, you know, those Tuesday and Wednesday practices where you're looking at specific looks that only that team is truly getting, right? You know, uh, for the defensive side of the ball, when you look at the way that an offense sets up as they break the huddle, right, there are specific keys that each team is going to give you that really let you know, okay, what's going to happen here, right? And so if you don't know that and you're just kind of going off of, oh, well, base defense, you know, they might run a 4-3 or they might run a 4-4. Or, you know, uh, in terms of the pace offense, they play a lot of 10 personnel or they play a lot of 12 personnel. Uh, that's very, very hard to do. Um, and so to be able to kind of mentally lock in for that uh, would be would be a bit tough. So you watch that Fox stuff with uh, Urban and Leinart and Reggie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the thing that I liked about Urban, I've been saying this, is that It's not about the competition. It's about looking at the team. In this case, obviously, it's BYU. How good are their players? And if their players are good, and he's talking about press and play, which I thought was a very powerful statement Mm -hmm. by Urban, that it's it's about the quality of the team, not the quality of the opposition. You think people finally can understand? Because that's that's the way I've been thinking. When Zach puts the ball on the line to Gunnar Romney, uh, and the kid, the the, the defender is guarding him, and it, it yeah. doesn't matter what uniform the defender is wearing. It matters the throw and the, and the protection yeah. that the line gave him. It's about the play of the team that we're saying is good and the individual players. To me, that was really about as much validation as you could get. Well, one hundred, like one hundred percent, right? Because what people and 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 here's the thing is is we can't keep confused with the fact that 
no one is sitting here and saying, and maybe people are, right? But for me and my my own validity here, I'm not saying uh, playoff committee. Why in the world would BYU not number three behind Notre Dame, right? Yeah. That's not that's not right. What we're all saying, and I think that's what people are getting lost at is like, no, I, I I'm personally not asking for a top four ranking right now, but at least like a top ten, right? And it's because of those types of things where you're looking at throws that Zach Wilson's making, you're looking at the plays that Dax Mills making, you're looking at the, you know, the way that the defense is, is playing and really just manhandling, right? And we're not talking about, you know, everybody wants to talk about this 27-year-old, you know, 35-year-old BYU football player. And we're not talking about the, that group, right? We're talking about, you know, these younger guys across the board who uh, are are truly manhandling their schedule. They're showing up every single week. They're playing consistently. Uh, and, you know, if we feel crazy about feeling that way, then uh, I think we get validation every time we get on Twitter. And the people with the blue check marks, right, who are considered some of the greatest in college football history are thinking the same thing that we are. So, whatever people want to say in terms of a negative reaction towards our thought process of, Hey, we believe that BYU should be in the New Year's six bowl, right? Uh, anyone who disagrees with that in all honesty, it's, it really is just the petty jealousy. And I think we need to kind of move away from that. So every Tuesday night you can gather around the TV and see the latest thoughts of the committee, but we've seen the committee change its mind in the final Rankings, so do you care about any of the rankings along the way that much? I mean, you can't completely ignore them, but isn't there a part of you that knows better than to get sucked into the vortex and obsess about oh. them? Well, and I think last last week was a perfect uh, perfect example of that. <laughs> like, we're talking about a, a what, uh, a six-spot a six difference between the AP, the coaches, and this committee, right? That's the first time I believe, and I think I, I did double, I checked this as much as I could, right? But that is the largest differential between an AP and a, a coach's top 25 in a committee vote, right? Since this thing started. Um, and it's the same reason that, you know, BYU probably won't play in the Big 12. Um, it's the same reason that, you know, <laughs> BYU will struggle to always provide in this way for people the satisfaction that, okay, they're a good football team. And it's, it'll always go back to the fact that, you know, because BYU plays for something a little bit more and there is the church's name, right? I don't think that it's very hard to get the respect you deserve when people aren't just looking at how are you playing football, but they're looking at everything else that, is out of your control. Hey, can I argue that, in a sense, BYU made its own bed on this New Year's Day 6 thing because it gave up greater access to better bowls when it decided to go independent. But if you agree with that premise, I've got a second premise, and if you don't agree with it, just let me know. <laughs> the second premise is that they wanted exposure, right? At the time they made that decision – 
they're playing on the mountain and nobody had it. It was awful. They, half the time they couldn't even follow the football when you watch the <laughs> game, so they weren't getting any exposure. And now they're getting all sorts of exposure because last week they're they're they didn't interview a whole bunch of coaches on that coaches uh, on that committee show. I don't even remember who they did, but I do remember that Kalani got interviewed, and people are talking about Urban Meyer. The following Saturday morning is talking about BYU. So yeah. the mission of trying to get exposure, uh, it's going a long way towards accomplishing it, but it probably and has come at the expense of a potential New Year Six bid. And if that was everything to you, then just go join the AAC and win that, and then you're in. Yeah, and yeah, there's there are. It, it is tough to sit here and argue, right? Against, hey, if you were in an AAC, if you were in a Big Twelve, if you were in these situations, but you look deeper into that, and you look into those committees, and you look into who is going to uh, add BYU to that. Right. If the American Conference said BYU, you're more than welcome to join. I think that would be very difficult for Tom not to do. Right. But what we're seeing is that if BYU played in the Mountain West again, it wouldn't be worth it. Like that is where it wouldn't be worth it. And I think that there's just so much more to getting into these conferences and what that means for money and everything like that, and even what it means for other sports. Um. But, yeah, I mean, if they were in a conference and you look at what Notre Dame's done this year and being a part of the ACC, I was just talking to uh, Ian Book this last week, uh, yesterday, actually, and kind of hearing, you know, talking to him about his thoughts about really just going into the ACC and proving, you know, uh, being independent isn't <laughs> isn't as, as sorry as you think it is, right? We control our own destiny. And, yeah, we will come into your house and we'll kind of rain on your parade. Uh, so I think BYU could very well do that and be successful in that. I don't think it would be a successful move if they joined a group of five. Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver, joining us. So if you go back through BYU history, a game like this comes uh, – a season like this comes along about once a decade. The 1979 team was undefeated and lost its bowl game. The 84 team was undefeated and won its bowl game. You had the Cotton Bowl team in 96. Uh, you had the uh, first team under Gary Croton that won 12 straight games before they lost in Hawaii and lost their bowl game, both those without Luke Staley. You've got this season. There are other good teams along the way, but this seems to happen about once a decade – do you think that in the independent era that can be sped up and this can happen once every five or six years instead of once every 10 or 12? Or should people just enjoy this because the stars with an NFL quarterback and a complete team around him only align yeah. so often? Um, I think, one, I think that this is why a New Year's Six would be critical for BYU to get into this year, because I think that solely speeds up that process. Um, because we're looking at what is the kind of opportunity to take in, you know, if you're playing the Fiesta Bowl, you're taking home $4 million, and that $4 million is going just to BYU, right? Um, and I think that, you know, instead of maybe every 10 years, that can happen every six years. Uh and then you look at the bodies who are the ones that are performing here, and it's, you know, 
um, just being flat out, right? Uh, Zach Wilson didn't serve a mission. Gunnar Romney didn't serve a mission. Dax Milne didn't serve a mission. Troy Warner didn't serve a mission, right? You look at the key players uh, on this team, and it's not just, you know, the 27-year-old John Beck. It's not the 26-year-old Dennis Pitta. Um, and so the ability for uh, Kalani and the guys to go out and say, guys, you don't, I mean, if you're not going to serve a mission, that's fine. Like, we still want you here at BYU. You can still be successful. Um, and if you're not LDS, hey, that's great. That's fine, too, because we have those guys, and they're just as successful. And so I think what they're doing this year is really solidifying the fact that you don't need to just be this prototype BYU guy to be successful at BYU. And so I think if that continues, we're going to see, you know, maybe not every, every other year, every third year, but I think what we are going to see is this kind of sped up to an every five-year thing and then hopefully build from that. Okay, the thing that I take from this, Dylan, is that was one impressive name drop. I was talking to Ian Book the other day, the Notre Dame quarterback. You <laughs> just slid that in there. That was big-time impressive. You didn't even make a big deal about it. Yeah, me and Ian, we were on the phone, and we were just talking, blah, 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 blah. Now, people may not know, I don't think you guys overlapped. I think there's too big of an age gap there. Uh-huh. But he, he went to your high school. Yeah, yeah. And so Ian is someone that I've been around since he was probably uh, nine years old. Um, and I actually was, you know, uh, me and I, I started, I was first around Ian as like a high school, like an our high school team. Um, so in, in, in California and especially Northern California, it's the junior program or the Pop Warner team is within the high school system. And so when you are in high school, right, you've learned the offense since you were about nine years old when you first started playing football so that when you get into the high school, right, you're prepared in that way. And so they have high school players that go and coach the Pop Warner teams. And so I was, uh, I've coached, I coached Ian when he was uh, nine or 10 years old when I was in high school. And then uh, we threw together and worked out together, you know, Every summer, every spring, there. When he was 12 years old, he was out with the juniors and seniors throwing the ball around, and so uh, he's someone I've been close with for some time. And obviously, when you grow up in a community of 30,000 people, and football kind of surrounds that community, you get to know people really well. Classic name drop. We will leave it right there, Dylan. Thanks a lot. Yep. We'll see y'all later. Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receiver, and he joins us every week right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. we take a break. Andy Ludwig, Utah offensive coordinator, coming up at 8 o'clock. Kyle Whittingham, Utah head coach at 8.30. Their weekly media availability is on the way right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. 
This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Larry Kraskoviak, head coach of the Utah men's basketball team. We all love to play this game. I've been around it forever. I don't know where I'd be without basketball. I think if you took a poll of our coaches and staff and all of the players on our team, they would say the same thing. Like, where in the world would we be without basketball? So um, we're excited to be back on the court and competing and um you know, sweating and getting tired and trying to put a product out there that's going to win some games. And so that's what we're doing. I think when we get out there on the court, everybody's thrilled to be doing it because it was cancellation of March Madness. It was taken away from us. So, you know, soak it up uh, when we can and you just don't know how long you're going to be able to keep doing it. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. PK brought to you in part by Surga Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at surganetworks.net. We just had Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver, on. He was talking about uh, some of the big names in uh, college sports, the people with the blue check marks who think BYU is uh, closer to where they belong in the media poll than they do in the college football rankings, 14th in the college football rankings, 8th in the media poll. And Tim Brando, who calls games for Fox Sports, used to be on ESPN and CBS as well, has spent his entire adult life around college football. He's one of the people with the blue check marks. He has gone on Twitter and listed his top 10, and Duff, Twiddle, Duff Tittle has retweeted it. Say that three times fast. BYU number six, PK, behind fifth-ranked Cincinnati, right in front of seventh-ranked Florida. That's what Cougar fans want to hear. BFD, his opinion doesn't count. I want to know, what what is a blue check mark? It's when you've got a a validated account. You can look at Twitter in the next break, and you can see it. It it Who uh, does that? Who validates you? uh, Twitter does it somehow. I don't know how. How do you get validated? I don't know. It's actually called verified. I, it's funny. Verified, not validated. Ask, not validated. Verified. Wrong V word. Yak says. Okay, I had somebody ask me the other day, "Are you verified on Twitter?" And I said, "I have no, no idea, idea what you're talking about." <laughs> and how do you get verified? I don't know. They did it at uh, Channel Two. The person who does the web stuff said, "Hey DJ, do this, do that, do this, do that," and then there it was. I don't know. Well, was, so you're verified and I'm not? I think so. Well, I want to be verified now. Yuck, verify me. Do whatever you need to do I to make sure I'm verified. verified. I'll talk to if the, he's verified and I'm not, I'm pissed. I'll talk to the channel to uh, uh, Twitterati, and uh, we will get you uh, verified. I want verification, and I want it now. Andy Ludwig is what you're going to get, and you're going to get it next. He's a Utah offensive coordinator. His media availability coming up. Stay with us.